Well, it's so nice to see your smiling faces this week. I missed um, being in here last week. As you know, last week um, I let out in children's worship. And it was Mother's Day, and it was Danny's week, and she was scheduled to do that. And so like a good husband, we kind of switched um, places. She was not literally places, um, but we switched rooms. How's that? And here's what I will tell you. I loved working children's church last week, but, but unless God instructs me to do it again, this is where I feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, I like hanging with the big kids, so just, just know that. Um, this morning, we're continuing our Believe series. And if you recall, we've been in the middle of this series now for about 17 or 18 weeks. The first 10 messages that we looked at dealt with what we believe as believers. And we looked at 10 key doctrines of the church. And right now, we're focusing in on how we act as believers. And over the past several messages that I have preached, we've talked about revival and our need for revival. And we need revival individually. We need revival corporately. We need a revival across the street, across this county, across this state, across this nation, and across this world. We need revival. Revival will only occur when God's people begin to pray. And so I pray that over the past um, several weeks, you have been earnestly praying for God to revive your heart so that you can be the man or woman that he created you to be. And that really um, allows us to transition this morning into our sermon topic, which is spiritual gifts. Did you know that our God is a gift-giving God? Did you know that? You know, a lot of times we don't think about our God as being a gift-giving God, but God is a gift-giving God. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The free gift, in fact, is what the ESV version says. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He provides to every single person who calls on his name the gift of salvation. Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. James tells us that God has given us a good gift. In James 1, 17, we read every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. God is a gift giver. He has given us the gift of salvation, and he has also given us the gift of family. He's given us the gift of friendships. He's given us the gift of food, the gift of shelter, the gift of health, the gift of work, the gift of friendships. He's given us the gift of fellowship within the body of Christ. And that's not all that God has done. For every single believer, he has given a spiritual gift to be used within the body of Christ to help build up the church of Christ. Our message point this morning is this, spiritual gifts are given by God for the edification of the church. If you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, and we're going to be looking at verses 3 through 8 this morning. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. It says this. 
For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion of our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. You and I make up one of thousand local expressions of faith called the church around this world. And this passage of scripture right here tells us that we are a body. Christ is our head. And we are made up of many different members and every single member has a function. Every single member in this room has a function. This morning is not about us developing our gifts, but it is us identifying that each of us has a gift and that gift is to be used for building up Christ's church and to help advance the gospel of Jesus Christ across the street and around this world. Every single one of us has a function. Every single one of us has a role. And every single person in this room that's a member of Friendship Baptist Church, you realize that you are a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. All of us are ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each of us have different platforms that we use to exercise the gifts that God has given us. But nonetheless, every single one of us in this room are ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And knowing that, let's look at point number one this morning. It is this. Let's look at a definition of spiritual gifts. But first, before we really look into what a spiritual gift is, let's look at what a gift is not. It is not the same as a talent. A person, regardless of their belief in Jesus Christ, is born with talents. Some of those come as a result of genetics, and some of those come as a result of God endowing them with specific talents. You and I know people with extraordinary talents, right? We know music. Musicians with extraordinary talents. We know mathematicians with extraordinary talents. Athletes with extraordinary talents. Artists with extraordinary talents. A talent is God-given at birth. And when it is developed, magic happens, right? Man, it is magical. I do not like the game of basketball. Man, I would rather have a root canal than watch a basketball game. But I know when I watch a basketball game, there are certain men that I can just look at and I can say, man, that is a God-given talent that that person is displaying. Michael Jordan was one of those. In modern day, you know, LeBron James and Seth Curry, when you watch them play the game of basketball, there is something magical that happens on that court. Talents are given at birth. 
Now let's transition and look at spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are only given to believers. Only those that have trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior are given spiritual gifts. When a person places their faith in Jesus and experiences the forgiveness of sins, they are given at least one spiritual gift at that moment. And I think it's important to note here that not There's no one that possesses every single spiritual gift. You realize that, don't you? If somebody possessed every single gift, and they they would really make up a church all to themselves. It would be a one-man show. I mean, if Ken Torrey possessed every single spiritual gift, then we could call it Ken Baptist Church. Ken would, would weekly, he would... Preach the message. He would lead out in worship. And when it came to the time of invitation, Ken, I'm sure that somebody would get saved every week. Somebody would get baptized every week. And somebody would surrender to the ministry every week, even though it's a one-man show. You know, it would be a pretty narcissistic church, wouldn't it? You know, God has blessed the church of Jesus Christ with many gifted people so that when we come together as the body of Christ and all of us exercise our God-given gifts, man, something magical happens. And I hope that this morning, as we look at our message and this message begins to unfold, that we will realize that every single one of us are gifted and every one of us has a role to to, to, to a ministry role within the church. Gene Wilkes defines spiritual gifts as this. This is a great, um, great verse here, or a great definition. He says, a spiritual gift is an expression of the Holy Spirit in the life of believers, which empowers them to serve the body of Christ, the church. Every single one of us have spiritual gifts. And every single one of us are to use them within the body of Christ to build up the church of Christ. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 4.10, he says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. You and I are to steward our gifts well. Some of you may be asking, well, how do I know what my spiritual gift is? Or how do I understand um, how to flesh out my spiritual gifts? The first thing that I would encourage you to do, if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, you need to pray for God to reveal to you what your spiritual gifts are. You also need to go to God's Word and read up on what the different spiritual gifts are and ask God to reveal to you through the power of His Word what your spiritual gifts are. You also need to read extra biblical material on what spiritual gifts are so that you can flesh out the gifts that God has given you. Another way to identify what your spiritual gifts are is to take a spiritual gift inventory. And if you have have been a part of our new members class or you're planning on taking one in the near future, then you will have an opportunity in that class to take a spiritual gift assessment. Now, those aren't um, guaranteed that they're going to reveal to you exactly what your spiritual gifts are, but they certainly will help you and assist you as you flesh out what those spiritual gifts are. And another way of identifying what our spiritual gifts are is listen. 
Listen to what other people have to say to you. If someone comes up to you after you've taught a Sunday school lesson and they say, man, that was the best Sunday school lesson that I've ever heard in my life. Well, that may mean that you have the gift of teaching. If someone comes up to you after you have had the opportunity to preach and they say, man, that was a great sermon, that may be affirmation to you that you have the gift of preaching. If someone comes up to you after they have demonstrated you serving, um, whether it's cleaning up after one of our block parties or one of our fellowships here on campus, and they come up to you and they say, hey, man, thanks for serving. Thanks for all that you do. That may be an indication that you have the gift of serving. Notice when people affirm a a, a gift in you. Take note of that because that will also help you flesh out what your spiritual gifts are. So once we identify what our God-given gifts are, we need to develop them. We need to develop them. We cannot sit on them. I love what Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 in verses 6 and 7. Paul says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So Paul is instructing Timothy right here to make sure that his God-given gift does not remain undeveloped. He tells him here to fan into flame the spiritual gift that has been given to you, to develop that gift, to use that gift. Church, our gifts have been given to us by God, and we need to use those gifts. We cannot sit on those gifts. Muscles, if they are not used, they atrophy don't they? A, a, a muscle that, that enters into a state of atrophy um, wastes away because of the lack of physical activity. They do not go away, though. They just waste away, and they remain undeveloped. The same is true with our God-given gifts. If they are not used, they will waste away. Every single one of us have been given gifts. Let's not let those gifts waste away. Let's not let those gifts remain undeveloped. Let's fan into flame those spiritual gifts for the benefit of this body of believers as well as for the benefit of those outside the church that do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in verse 7. He says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The New Living Translation says it like this, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Fan into flame the spiritual gifts that God has given you. Notice our second point this morning. Let's look at a description of what spiritual gifts are. So what we're going to do now is we're going to walk through Romans um, chapter 12. And we're going to look at seven different spiritual gifts that this passage of Scripture emphasizes. Now this is not an exhaustive list. There's other spiritual gifts that we don't have time this morning to cover. But I do want us to walk through these 12 different, I mean these, these seven different gifts this morning. I want each of us this morning to understand what a gift is and how that gift is to be used within the church for the edification of the body of Christ. 
And as we do this, ask yourself this. How can I use the gift God has given me to help build up this church? To help build up Friendship Baptist Church. So the first gift that I want us to look at is the gift of prophecy. We see here in Scripture, if prophecy in proportion to our faith. Some people, when they think of the word prophecy, they think of someone like Nostradamus who had the perceived ability to predict the future. That is not what the New Testament is talking about when it talks about prophecy. It is talking about the um, preaching, the ability to preach the Word of God. It is the gift of preaching the inspired Word of God. You know, this is a gift that I have, but I will tell you right now that this is a gift that I am still developing every single day. I'm trying to fan into flame this gift every day and, and, and every week. I'll tell you this, I have not mastered this gift by no means, but I am a lot more advanced today than I was when I first surrendered my life to the ministry. You know, I will never forget when I was um, in college. The very first speech class that I ever took was at Collin County Community College. And it so happened that my good friend David Foote was in that class. And it had been years since David and I had seen each other. We grew up together in Plano. I moved away, lived in, in Wiley, and somehow we ended up in the same speech class together. And I will never forget as I um, stood up in front of the class when I was delivering speeches. Man, I will tell you, I was so incredibly nervous. When I would stand up, man, I was jittery. I couldn't stand still. I would move all around. And my good friend David Foote, to help affirm the gifts that God has given me, um, the one the last day of class, he brought me a bottle of foot powder. You know, is that not just wrong? He brought me a bottle of foot powder to help me with, I guess he thought I may have athletic, athletic foot or something, and so I was real jittery or something like that. You know, um, as I said, this is not a gift that I've mastered. Man, I am still daily trying to get better at it. I'm trying to develop it. As I pray, you will develop the gifts that God has given you as well. Some of you have the gift of prophecy. You know you have it. Because the Lord has made it abundantly clear to you. He made it abundantly clear to you. For some of you in this room, it may have been years ago that God affirmed in you that you had the gift of prophecy. And some of you have been running from God. You haven't been developing the gift that God has given you. I want you to know right now that it is not too late to be obedient to God's call. There's nothing more miserable in life than knowing that God has called you to something and running from it or sitting on that gift. So if you have the gift of prophecy, it's time that you begin to utilize that gift. Notice point number two. Point number two, uh, or subpoint two, is service. We see here in Scripture, if service in our serving. If you have the gift of service, then you see a need and you immediately try to meet that 
need. If somebody has spilt something, man, you're the one with the roll of paper towels on the ground helping them clean up that mess. Some of you have the gift of service. And man, here's what I'll tell you about the gift of service. The gift of service, if you have that gift, it is a very unseen gift. Man, that's a gift that really operates behind the scenes. If you have the gift of service, then know this, your ministry role within this church is just as important as my ministry role and just as important as Bill's ministry role because it is a biblical role and it is a biblical giftedness that you have been given. So if you have the gift of service, fan into flame that gift weekly here at Friendship Baptist Church. The third point is this. It's teaching. It says the one who teaches in his teaching. I love what Pastor David Dykes has to say about this. He says, he poses a question, what is the difference between the gift of preaching and the gift of teaching? It is, it is not the difference of content because the content of both is the word of God. But preaching is usually intended for a response, for people to do something. Whereas teaching aims at transforming the thinking and the behavior of the people who hear. There are many people in this room that have the gift of talents. The, t- the gift of teaching. Man, is a God-given gift. Our universities and our schools are filled with incredible teachers, aren't they? There's a difference, though, between a talented teacher and a spiritually gifted teacher. A talented teacher teaches to inform, don't they? A spiritually gifted teacher teaches to transform. Many of you in this room have the gift of teaching. You demonstrate that gift every single day in the workplace. May you use it as you inform those that you Um, are over and responsible for. Many of you um, are teachers in the classroom. And so God is not only giving you the talent to teach, but he's also giving you the spiritual gift to teach. So if you are sitting on a gift, the gift of teaching, then I want you to know right now, you need to begin to exercise that within this church. Can you imagine what would happen if you married your God-given talent with your spiritual gifted gift? And you married those two together? Imagine what would happen to the men, women, students, and children that are in this room. They would be forever transformed into the image of Jesus Christ because you are not only teaching to inform, but you are teaching to transform. So if you have that gift, begin to utilize that here at Friendship Baptist Church. Notice the next gift. It is a gift of exhortation or also known as the gift of encouragement. It says here, the one who exhorts in his exhortation. A person with the gift of encouragement is one that God has gifted with a special ability to share words of comfort, encouragement, and counsel to individuals within the church. You know, there are many in this room that have the gift of encouragement. And man, I see it demonstrated every single week as I walk around this room and as I walk throughout this campus. There's nothing I love hearing more than one member encouraging another member. One member sharpening 
another member. I love what Proverbs 27, 17 says. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. The person with the gift of encouragement and the gift of exhortation is a person that has the ability to go up to someone and encourage them and strengthen them and build them up so that they understand that they have a, 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 a purpose in life and a purpose within this church. So if you have the gift of encouragement, continue to encourage one another in the body of Christ. Notice the next gift. It's the gift of generosity. The one who contributes in generosity. Generosity is one of our core values here at Friendship Baptist Church. The first church was a generous church. As we read in Acts chapter 2, we see how generous they were. They literally sold everything that they had. And they distributed it to everyone as any had need. Generosity is a gift. A gift. I want you to know that right now. It is a gift. I want you to also understand that there is a difference between giving and giving generously. Every single one of us have a command in Scripture to give back to God that which has been entrusted to us. We call it our tithe. All of us need to give our tithe back to the Lord. Some people, though, have the gift of generosity. And what that means is they not only give a tithe, but they give exceedingly more than a tithe. They give an offering. And they don't only do it within the church. They do it outside of the church. This person that has the gift of generosity, they're the ones that as you're driving down the street and you see a homeless person that says, we'll work for food, or a homeless person that says, hungry, need food. You're the one that's given money to that homeless person. And you're not giving that home money to that homeless person um, just because um, you know that they're homeless. You're giving because God has told you and instructed you to be generous with that which he's given you, and you give it away. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, it says, each one of us must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Some of you have the gift of generosity. Man, you not only um, give a tenth, but you give so much more. And the thing about a generous giver is a generous giver doesn't worry necessarily about um, if they give away money, they're not always penny-pinching, are they? Man, they're a type person. They realize, I'm going to give what God has instructed me to give, knowing that God is going to make sure that I have everything I need to meet um, my needs. So the sixth thing here is this, the gift of leadership. This is also the gift of administration. Leaders have followers, don't they? Leaders have followers. Leaders aid the body by leading and directing members to accomplish the goals and purposes of the church. Without leaders, the church would be chaotic. This past week, uh, I had I, I, read through the book of Judges. And um, during the time of Judges, it was one of the darkest periods in Israel's history. The last verse of the last chapter says this. It says in Judges 21, 25, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Because there was a leadership void, the people lived in chaos. They lived far away from God. 
Leaders have the God-given ability to point people to Jesus and to his word for guidance and instruction. If you have the gift of leadership, if you have the gift of ministry, of administration. Let me encourage you right now to step up here at Friendship Baptist Church and begin to lead. Don't sit on your gift. Don't let your gift remain undeveloped. Take a stand and begin to lead. The seventh thing here, the last gift mentioned in our scripture this morning is the gift of mercy. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Cheerfulness. A person with the gift of mercy is one who is empathetic towards other people within the church. When they see someone crying, man, they're the type of person that goes up and says, hey, cry on my shoulder right here. Some of you know people with the gift of mercy. Some of you have the gift of mercy. Of all of the different gifts that God has given out to his church, I will tell you right now, this one right here is probably for sure one of the gifts that I have not been given. My wife, on the other hand, has the gift of mercy. Man, she's one of the most um, empathetic people that I know. She is a compassionate person that is all about meeting the needs of other people. A person with the gift of mercy is very much involved in the benevolence ministries of the church as well as the bereavement ministries of the church. For, for example, they're the ones that whenever someone has passed away, they help help organize funeral meals. Or whenever someone is sick, they help organize meals to go to that person's house to provide for them during their times of sickness. Every single one of us is gifted differently. And because we are gifted differently, we minister differently as well. No single person in this room has all of the gifts. I know that because God's word makes that abundantly clear. But I am certain that when we all come together as a body of Christ, every single gift that is mentioned in God's word is in this church. And we need to identify those and fan those into fame. Let me illustrate... um, a good illustration that demonstrates how every single person has a different gift and every single person sees a situation differently. Imagine that um, last week um, we had a, a fellowship here at Friendship Baptist Church. And there was one member of our church that spilt their dessert onto the ground. Here's how the different gifts respond to that person that spilled that dessert. So a person with the gift of prophecy would say, that's what happens when you're not careful. A person with the gift of service would say, oh, let me help you clean up that mess. A person with the gift of teaching would say, the reason that that dessert fell is because instead of placing that dessert right there in the middle of the plate, you put it over to the right corner. And when that happened, the plate became unbalanced and the dessert naturally fell on the ground. A person with the gift of exhortation would say, next time, maybe you should ask someone to help you carry that dessert. 
A person with the gift of giving would say, here's my dessert, take it. A person with the gift of mercy would say, don't feel bad, that could happen to any of us. And the person with the gift of administration or leadership would say, this person would begin to bark out orders. They would say, Jim, would you get the mop? Sue, would you please pick that up? And Mary, would you go get another dessert? So every single person responds differently to every situation, right? I mean, think about your home and the way that you respond in your home to a situation. Man, my wife, man, she's just mild temper. And if somebody spills something, she's just like, oh, that's okay. If I see one of the kids spell, spill red grape juice or, or red juice on the carpet, I'm going to react a little bit different than she does. In the church, all of us react differently to every situation, but that's okay. Because God has gifted us to react the way that we act. We are a body. We are a, a, a group of ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's fan into flame the gifts that God has given us. The final point, and we're going to conclude here, is this. We need to develop our spiritual gifts. And I've already looked at this a second ago, but I want us to look at it one more time. Every gift must be developed. Just because a person has a particular gift, just because God has given them that gift at the moment of salvation, it does not mean that they have mastered that gift on day one. A gift has to be developed. A gift has to be fleshed out. A gift has to be practiced. You know, Billy Graham, none of us would doubt the fact that he has the gift of preaching. But the first time that Billy Graham stood up to preach, man, it was anything but a good sermon. It was more like a train wreck. When he was 18 years old, he accompanied one of the deans in his school to a particular church. Whenever he and the dean arrived at the church, the pastor said, hey, I need you to preach next Sunday to the dean. And the dean said, no, I'm not going to preach, but Billy Graham is going to preach instead. And so the, this pastor's like, I don't care who preaches because I need somebody to preach. So Billy, if you're available, love for you to preach. And so Billy Graham had never preached a sermon before. And what he did was he found four different sermons that were given to him. And he stands up in front of that congregation. There was about 40 people in attendance. He preached through all four of of those sermons. And, and the way the story goes, it took him eight minutes to preach that sermon. And um, at the conclusion of that service, one of the men in that church came up to Billy Graham and told him, boy, you better go back to school and get a lot more education because you're never going to make it as a preacher. Well, we know the rest of the story, don't we? God had gifted Billy Graham at the moment of his salvation with the gift of preaching. And so what did Billy Graham do? He developed that gift. And one of the ways he developed that gift was by not only preaching in front of people, but in his autobiography um, that I read back when I was in college, he would literally stand up on tree stumps and he would basically preach to, to the birds and to nature to develop that gift of communication. Every single one of us in this room are gifted individuals. Your giftedness is not just going to be 
perfected on day one. But your giftedness can be perfected the more that you plan into flame that giftedness. You know, our message this morning through these seven different gifts have been very, very simple. Man, we've looked at these gifts. If you have the gift of preaching, you're commanded to preach. If you have the gift of service, then you need to serve. If you have the gift of teaching, then you need to teach. If you have the gift of exhortation, then you need to encourage one another. If you have the gift of generosity, then you need to give. If you have the gift of mercy, then you need to provide a shoulder that somebody can cry on. Every one of us are gifted. Let's fan into flame the gifts that God has given us. James 4.17 says this, Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is a sin. Because you are not utilizing your God-given gifts, this passage in James says that you and I are sinning. So this morning, You may not know what your spiritual gifts are, or you may know what your spiritual gifts are, but you've been sitting on those gifts. This passage of Scripture makes it abundantly clear that if we sit on our gifts and we don't allow those gifts to be fully developed, then we are sinning. Let's not not be sinners, man, but let's be men and women that are utilizing our God-given gifts for the purpose of the edification of the church and for the purpose of advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ outside of the walls of this church as well. Some of you this morning recognize the fact that you've been sitting on your gifts and you've been sitting on those gifts for years, maybe even decades. Let's not sit on our gifts anymore. This morning, let's get our lives right with God and ask God to help us fan into flame those gifts for the benefit of this church and the benefit of the lost people outside of this church. You may be here this morning and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't know if you were to die today where you would spend eternity. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation. I'm going to be standing right here. And if you have never trusted Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, then I want to invite you this morning to make the greatest decision that you could ever make. As I began this sermon this morning, I made it abundantly clear that we serve a gift-giving God. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. God has provided every single one of us with a free gift, and that is the gift of salvation. How do we receive the gift of of salvation? We receive the gift of salvation by repenting of our sins and calling out to Jesus Christ to be our Lord and to be our Savior. And Scripture is abundantly clear. When we do that, we will be saved. So this morning, if you are here and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to make the greatest decision that you could ever make, and that is surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Make him the Lord and Savior of your life. If you're here this morning, then man, you've been sitting on your gifts instead of fanning into flame your gifts. Let me encourage you this morning to pray, to pray and ask God 
to give you the ability to begin to fan into flame those gifts for the purpose of this church and those outside of this church. So let's stand together. I'm going to pray. And if there's a decision you need to make, you come.